Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. We are your hosts, Joseva Kapadia and Jasper Rivers. Get paid for your pad. 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 Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. Today we have a guest from Canada. Her name is Cynthia Barker and she lives in Whistler. So Cynthia, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Jasper? I'm doing very well, thank you. So how's, uh, how's life in Whistler? Life in Whistler is great. I mean, this season there isn't much snow, but it's still been a pretty fun season in Whistler. And are you originally from Whistler? or? Uh, no, I'm from Vancouver Island and I moved to Whistler about a year and a half ago. Okay. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I live in Whistler and I do a lot of skiing and mountain biking in the summer. And um, I don't know what else do you want to know. I like scuba diving. I like cooking. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And how did you hear about Airbnb? Uh, well, the way that I heard about Airbnb originally was a few years ago. One of my friends that lives in London uses Airbnb a lot, and she was trying to promote me using it when I traveled. Um, I have a feeling that Airbnb became more popular in Europe prior to the Americas. Um, and then I didn't use it or anything really. And then actually last November I was in Rio and I met you and you were really promoting your book in Airbnb. And so I thought I'd give it a try. Hmm. Very smart. And wait, why didn't you use it as a, uh, during your travels? Um, truthfully, I, I don't know. I, I have no real reason. I will use it now during my travels. I just didn't, I wasn't really familiar with it. I didn't, um, it was wasn't as popular in like Canada and the States. And um, I think honestly, I was also a bit skeptical of just staying in someone's house that I didn't know. Like what if I got locked out or what if, I don't know, they were weird or I, I have no idea. I just, I thought it would be more comfortable staying in a hostel or a hotel. Great. So we, uh, we met a few months ago in Rio and uh, I know you have a number of properties in uh, in Canada and we talked about Airbnb what made you decide to try it out well um I, the property that I'm in in Whistler right now is a rental property and the reason I decided to try it out was actually my ex-boyfriend and I broke up and I wanted to stay in this um nice one bedroom and I didn't want to move but the rent now doubled and I um realized it was a bit more than I wanted to pay on my own. So I thought I'd try supplementing my rent with Airbnb. And um, it's been great. I stay in my one bedroom or in the bedroom uh, while I have guests. And, you know, I tell them that I'll be here and it's in my ad as well, my listing as well. And they sleep in the river living room. And yes, it's been a great income supplementer. <laughs> So how many times have you rented it out so far? Well, I actually only started renting it out this month or last month. So I've only rented it out twice. 
Um, once was over New Year's for three days and once was two weekends ago for two nights. And was it, uh, was it easy to, to get bookings? Like when, when did you create your listing? Yeah, it was, it was really easy. I mean, I created it about a week before New Year's. So as you can imagine, Whistler is pretty popular on New Year's and there's no accommodation. Um, so I got actually several inquiries and I kind of filtered out who I wanted and I picked the people that wanted to stay for three nights as well. Um, and I mean, yeah, it's been pretty easy. I, I only listed on weekends and I, there's a lot of weekends I've blocked out, but I get a fair amount of inquiries actually. Uh-huh. And, um, so how much were you charging? Cause you, you're, you're renting out your living room. Um, mm -hmm. how, how many people can you accommodate? Well, I, in my listing, I say I can accommodate three to four. Um, over New Year's, I had it listed a bit high. I think I had my living room listed at $160 a night, plus a, I think like $40 cleaning fee. Um, but I was actually just reading the part in your book while I was doing these uh, listings on pricing. So then after New Year's, I decided to lower the price a bit to get some more inquiries. And I think I've lowered it to... Um, I think on weekends it's at 140 right now and mm -hmm. during the week I've listed it quite low at about 110, but most people don't really want to come during the week. So I just kind of listed it low to just attract people at a lower listing. Right. Um, yeah. And I had, um, yeah, it can accommodate about three to four people in the living room. Okay. And that's actually, that sounds like quite a lot of money for, for just a living room, like 110 to $160. But then again, I, I guess it's, it's very expensive accommodation here in Whistler, right? Like if somebody were to just stay in, in a hotel or, or rent a condo for, for a week or so, what would the price be per, per night? Uh, well, typically during high season, you pretty much can't get an apart or a hotel room for probably less than about $200 a night. Um, and then, you know, a lot of hotels are a lot more strict about, you can only have two guests. And if there's a third guest, there's a, you know, a fee. Um, I've also priced my listing a bit high, which I'm very aware that I've done. And I've done it because I, my landlords actually live in the same house as me. And so I don't, and there's some other tenants here. And I, so I want a higher caliber of, um, of tenant or tenants or like people that rent on Airbnb. So I've listed it a bit high just to kind of weed out the transient workers that come through Whistler and just want to come here and party. So that's actually the reason that I've done that purposely. Mm -hmm. So it's basically a way to, to select uh, the type of guests that you want to have. That's exactly what I've decided to do. Mm -hmm. Although over New Year's, I did have um, four to five Australians staying here, but they were very nice young <laughs> Australians. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, uh, so, so tell us about your experiences so far. How are, how did those Aussies, uh, how did they do? Uh, well, the Aussies were great. They were excellent guests, very courteous. They were, um, there was four Australians, 22 and 24 year olds that stayed here. Um, night number one, one of them brought home a girl. So there was five Australians in my living room. Oh, they brought back an Australian girl. I don't know, <laughs> what, I don't know I'm sure what nationality she was, but there was a but that's girl fun. That's fun. Cuddling, cuddling in one of their single beds when I went to work in the morning. Um, <laughs> night, num night number two, um, one of them got thrown in the drunk tank cause it was new year's. So he didn't come home at all. And I heard all about his jail experience <laughs> the next day. <laughs> and then, did you give him I, a refund? <laughs> I obviously did not give him a refund. He was like, yo, I didn't sleep here. 
<laughs> no, and he didn't ask, but it evened out because there was an extra person there the night before. Also, I'm not even surprised that he got thrown in jail. When I came home from work on New Year's Eve at about 8 p.m., all they were drink they were playing um uh Edward Scissor's hands with um like six two liters of grower cider, which if people don't know what grower cider is, it's what you drink when you're 18 getting drunk for the first time. So not that surprised that he got thrown in jail. <laughs> Um, and then night number three, we just kind of chilled and I, we, everyone was hung over. So it was just a very chill night. So that was my first experience with Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> so basically uh, you had four Aussies over, uh, the first night, uh, one of them brings back uh, some, some random girl Yep. and then uh, you didn't, you didn't make a problem out of that. Like, I don't, I think some hosts will probably say that you're not allowed to bring back guests, et cetera. Like how's, what, how do you feel about that? Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I originally did think, oh, maybe I should try to charge them the extra $30 a night guest fee for bringing home a guest. <laughs> um, and upon this happening, I also reflected upon recent travels of mine that I tried to bring home a guest to a hostel I was at on a recent trip and they flat out refused that I could bring someone back to my hostel. So really, it wouldn't have been that offside if I had said something that they brought home a girl. Um, but I decided not to make it an issue and I really like these people and I was really banking on getting a great review, which <laughs> I did, I did get. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then tell us a little bit more about this drunk tank experience. I mean, what is a drunk tank? First of all, I'm, I'm not familiar with that. Well, when I came home, I spent the night at a friend's house on New Year's Eve. And when I came home the next day with, um, my friend Anna and chatted with them about what their evening was like. Actually, the guy who rented it, rented my place, said that he was he spent the night in jail. That's how he worded it. So I got quite concerned about him spending the night in jail. And then I realized it was a drunk tank. So I don't know what they're called in other countries in the world, but in Canada, if you get too drunk, the police officers pick you up and put you in this large van. And then I think, oh, I've never done this before, but I I don't think they leave you in the van. You, I think you, can, you can be honest. Don't worry. <laughs> um, I think they take you to the police department and put you in a cell with a bunch of other drunk people and, and don't let you leave for like eight or 10 hours until you sober up, <laughs> which I don't fully understand because it then means that there's like six drunk guys in one drunk cell together. But I, I think that's how it works. I've never seen it though. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's only one way to find out. Well, believe it, I've actually wanted to be in the drunk tank before, and I don't think they send girls in the drunk tank. I think, so, I think they just drive you home if you're too drunk. Well, that's the offenses of being a girl. <laughs> Definitely is. Life's so much easier if you're a woman. <laughs> I've, I've heard that before. So tough for men. <laughs> so, um, so cool. Uh, what about your, uh, your second experience? Um, my second experience was great. I, I don't have any good stories from it. It was just... Um, it was a resident doctor and her boyfriend and one of their friends staying here. They were just, you know, late twenties, very normal. They cooked dinner here. Um, it's interesting. I found, I mean, I advertise my place that has a kitchen because obviously I have a kitchen in my one bedroom and both sets of people that have stayed here have made a point of asking me once they're here, is it okay if we cook in your kitchen? And I always respond, well, obviously like, of course it's okay but it's just interesting how polite people are when they're staying in your house they actually mm -hmm. treat it like they're guests in your house even though i'm charging them probably right. more than i should really you know yeah no i uh i completely see that and it's funny because 
you know, when you when you ask people who are considering Airbnb, like everyone's concerned about things like you know having guests like steal your stuff or destroy your your property or, or you know all sorts of like doom scenarios pop up. But I mean, people that use Airbnb are are generally uh, pretty respectful people. I've, I found, and and also it's just like you said, you know, when you're staying in a hotel. You feel like the person who owns that that space is it's like a big corporation, right? Mm-hmm. So they like don't care as much. Tri- almost. Yeah, it's like you don't. If you, I mean, not that I go into a hotel room and destroy the place, but <laughs> I, ha- I have before. <laughs> but you know what I mean. It doesn't feel like you're you're damaging somebody's like you know personal property or something or somebody's stuff, right? So you might be a little bit less careful. Whereas if you stay in an Airbnb, like you literally feel like, wow, I'm, I'm in somebody's house now, you know, and and yeah, I think naturally you just uh, you're just a little bit more careful with uh, with their belongings than you might you may otherwise be in a hotel. Yeah, I I agree. That's the exact experience I've had. I mean, after one or after both of the stays, actually, the guests actually not that I expect people in the future to do this, but they actually took the sheets off their bed and kind of like folded them up and put them in a corner so it'd be easy for me to do the laundry which you know you they really did not need to do <laughs> so even australians who get thrown into the drunk tank they still fold up the sheets and <laughs> and clean up <laughs> they did these australians are probably the favorite australians that i've, that I've met <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that the this aussies ended up in the drunk tank because uh, australians typically don't drink a lot though they no, I mean, normally they're completely sober, um, you know, they just go to casual dinner parties. Yeah, I was very surprised by hearing that as well. <laughs> yeah, but... Actually, when I came home, I didn't add, I didn't say this, but when I came home the next day, um, the it was one of the Australians was actually calling the guy, it was a brother and sister were two of the people staying here. What, the sister actually was on the phone with the mom, telling the mom that the son had spent the night in jail. And the mom was like on the phone, so upset and worried. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Mm-hmm. So, um, what about your? Uh, I know you have some other properties as well in different places in uh, in Canada. Are you? How, what are you doing with those properties? How do you do? You rent those out or? Yeah, so I do rent them out. Um, I have a house, and I also have a um, apartment as well. And I've chosen to do long-term rentals. Um, I know that, Jasper, you're not the biggest fan of long-term rentals. <laughs> um, and I know that you have found a way to, you know, in Amsterdam, have a cleaning lady and manage it very successfully. Um, I guess I'm just a bit concerned about the tourism market during the winter in the city that these are in. Um also, actually, my concern about the apartment is that it has quite strict um, strata laws, you know, so I'm not supposed to have renters for less than three months. So I don't know, maybe, you know, the answer to this, like how do people, cause tons of condos have strata regulations that say you can only have tenants, you know, for a certain period of time. So how, how do you recommend people going about this? I can't be the only person that has a apartment with this situation. No, absolutely not. Um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, condominiums are located in, in buildings where they have, uh, you know, a condominium association, a homeowners association, and we know that uh, uh, that those associations typically don't allow people to use Airbnb. Now, the point is, 
the fact that they don't allow it doesn't mean that you can't do it. Um, it, it really depends on whether they actually will enforce the rules, right? So we've heard different stories. We're, we've had people who, who've had, um, you know, sort of threats to uh, eviction threats from, from their uh, associations. And, and other people um, don't have a problem with it at all. They, you know, they just do it and, uh, you know, no one really seems to uh, make a problem out of it. So I think it really depends on the, uh, on the, you know the homeowner association and the only way to find out is really just to to do it and see what happens you know <laughs> <laughs> okay well i'll take that advice and then maybe i'll be, I'll be on, invited on podcast number two <laughs> telling you about how i just got like evicted or right, people got evicted from my condo <laughs> but generally i think in any case you i think you always get a warning at least you know so yeah. if you start doing it and they they found out and they really want to make uh, a point of it you know they really want to enforce the rules then at least they'll warn you first before they kick you out yeah no that's true i've actually been fined once before for this apartment though so i know that they actually do enforce the rules oh okay well what happened oh um i had a really bad uh tenant in the summer and i had to give them an eviction notice um, after a month cause they weren't paying me and they punched some holes in the wall and destroyed the gas fireplace. Um, and so after I evicted them though, um, the strata found like they realized that I had a new person moving in and because that those tenants were there for only a month, they actually gave me a fine or they tried to give me a fine. I think it was a couple hundred dollars. Mm -hmm because the bylaw says that you can only have people for at least three months. Um, but I explained the situation that, you know, they're trying to find me a couple hundred dollars, but like I'm up $2,500 worth of damage in the apartment. So it seemed a bit unfair. <laughs> so yeah. they, got, they, they got rid of the fine. <laughs> it's interesting. You mentioned that uh, you had a long-term tenant who caused a lot of troubles because, because people, a lot of people are renting out long-term. And the reason that they don't want to do Airbnb is because they think that Airbnb guests will not treat their property well. But, um, yeah. you know, I actually think it's the other way around because if you have a long-term renter, that person is going to treat your place as his or hers, right? Yeah, no, and, that's true. And also, and, and here's the, the other thing. If you have a long-term renter who misbehaves, well, then you have to go through all sorts of trouble to get the person out, right? You yeah, to, that's true. I mean, I don't know. How did the eviction, eviction process go? Like, was it easy or like, how does that work? Well, it ended up being fairly easy. I didn't think it was going to be easy. Like I put an eviction notice on their door and then I followed up a couple of days later and put another eviction notice on their door. Um, but under, I don't know how it is in other countries, but um, under Canadian ten, the Canadian Residential Tenancy Act, these tenants actually didn't have to leave. All they had to do was file one complaint against me as a landlord and they could stay until the whole process is, um, is mediated. So, I mean, right. that could go on for months and there's tons of stories where people try to evict their tenants and, you know, five months later, they're just getting the tenants out and that whole, whole time they don't have to pay rent. So truthfully, my tenants were actually quite stupid and they actually left as soon as I put an eviction notice up, which I was happy about, but yeah. they obviously didn't realize that they could have, milked free rent for like three more months easily by doing one single complaint against me as landlord. Right. So if you have a long-term renter who misbehaves and then also happens to be aware of the rules, then... <laughs> You're screwed. That, yeah, exactly. That would really suck. It would Whereas, really suck. You know, with, with Airbnb people, they, uh, you know, they, they typically uh, only stay for a few days. So 
Yeah, um, maybe that's my better option. <laughs> <laughs> Although there is uh, there's one exception. There, there was this this person. Some I can't remember where it was, but there's a whole story in the news about it. They call him the, the squatter, and mm-hmm. uh, some Airbnb person ended up. Uh, they didn't want he didn't want to leave after. Uh, I think it was a rental for over thirty days, and um, I think I think when you rent a place to somebody for under forty day, under thirty days. You can never really have a problem, but if that person is there for more than thirty days, then uh, you know it's harder to get them out. Mm-hmm. That yeah, my, that-, that was that was my takeaway from this whole whole thing. So, yeah, maybe that may be true. But in, uh, but I think that only happened once, and um, I think there's been like I don't know, like fifteen to 12, 20 million nights stayed on Airbnb so far. So, I think we can safely assume that that's a very uh, rare event that that would even happen. <laughs> I'd imagine so. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you, uh, what, what are you planning with your with your other properties? Are you are you considering doing Airbnb at all? And or because you have a third place, you have to, we're talking about this apartment where there's a condominium association, and you know you're a little worried about that. What about your other house? Um, so yeah, so my other house right now, I have rented out to some master's students at UVic, which is the university in the city that's in. Um, I, you know, after my recent experience with Airbnb, I definitely consider renting out the house on either Airbnb or renting part of the house out, um, to tenants. And then I actually keep a suite in the house for myself and maybe renting that suite out on Airbnb, just cause I have had such a positive experience with Airbnb, but, um, I have a few months to decide just because it's rented at till end of August. And then, you know, I'll probably make a decision then on if I want to test the waters with it or not. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, going forward, um, if I were to ever buy another property or even just move to a different country or a different city, I think what I would always do is rent a two bedroom or at least a one bedroom that's big enough with the futon mattress in the living room and, um, rent out part of the space on Airbnb. I mean, it just seems like a really good way to supplement my own rent. And if I'm there and able to, you know, easily manage it myself and do the check-ins and everything, it seems almost like a no-brainer that I would do that. Mm-hmm. But and then if you would be away, like, would you consider, you know, like finding somebody to do it for you? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like, there's no reason that I wouldn't. Um, I just. Yeah, I just haven't had that really opportunity yet. But mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, even a Whistler, if I were to go away for a month or two here, I have tons of friends here that I'm sure would help deal with the check-in or, you know, there's definitely, I have a cleaning lady that comes every once in a while and I'm, I don't see why she couldn't help like how you do with your property. I just, I just haven't organized that yet, but right. I would definitely consider doing that and looking into it for sure. So, uh, I know you, uh, you read our book, so I'm obviously like very curious to know what you, what your thoughts are. Well, I haven't read your full book, as you know. Um, I downloaded my book to my phone, and on Kindle on my your my phone, there's two thousand three hundred thirty nine pages, and I'm at two thousand two hundred and fifty four. So I'm almost finished the entire book. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's a great book. I think it's really well laid out. Um, you know, it, it literally takes you step by step 
um, through renting your listing. Um, I like the person or the stories of the hosts that are in here. And I personally feel as though I've gone to know you a lot better, Jasper, through reading your personal tidbits in this book. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, you should ha- tell people um, about, well, what my pr- favorite story is in this book so far, if people haven't read your book, you know, the one about um, people being locked out of your place. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep so uh if you want to know what this story is then uh, <laughs> go to amazon and uh, search, search for airbnb and our book will pop up on the first spot and then yeah <laughs> well i guarantee it's worth it this story i was literally laughing out loud and i think uh, messaging you at the same time telling you how funny it was <laughs> <laughs> awesome so um that's great do you have any uh any, any advice or any words of wisdom for other people who may be considering doing Airbnb and are kind of on the fence? Well, I mean, I'm not that experienced with Airbnb itself, so I don't know if I can 100% give um, good advice about that. But I guess the advice that I'd give is, you know, when you are friends with someone and they recommend you doing something, I've just learned that you should always just try it. I mean, it's not going to be a bad recommendation. Like trying Airbnb was definitely not a bad recommendation. And even if it's not for you, you're not going to regret trying it a couple of times. So, you know, when trusted people recommend you trying something, like you should just do it. Seize the day. Seize the day, seize the opportunity. <laughs> There's only one way to find out. Absolutely. Exactly. I, uh, I completely agree. And, uh, you know, um, you didn't have any worries before you started, did you? Um. Well, I mean, I had a... I, Truthfully, my main worry was that um, I wasn't worried about people stealing my stuff just because my bedroom locks. So any valuables, you know, I could just put in my bedroom. Um, My main worry was that people would come over and party and keep me up at night. And it was just, you know, I just wouldn't sleep for a couple nights when they were here. That was actually my main worry. Um, But I mean, especially living in a ski resort, people are here to ski. So they were not staying up super late and they were getting up to ski. And also, yeah, I was just, I was honestly flabbergasted by how respectful people were of my spots. I mean, I came home from work, um, whoever's staying here, like offered me a drink, you know, like alcohol that they've brought, like I live here and I have alcohol, like they don't need to offer me anything. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like them asking if they can use my kitchen, like literally they cleaned my kitchen. I just found that actually it mentions this in your book. I'm now realize I remember now, but it, um, you know, if you keep your place clean and everything's kind of organized, people respect your place how you respect it so you know i usually hire a cleaning lady or i do a really good job cleaning right before someone comes and when these people leave it's in the exact same condition like even if they cook they've they've cleaned the oven they've cleaned the sink like right so it's been it's actually been a really fun experience and i've met some cool people i mean the australians i run into around whistler village and like we chat and catch up and yeah it's it's honestly still here Two out of the four of them are still here. Okay. Um, yeah, and it's it's been really interesting just, you know, meeting new people, and it's just been fun. Like, it's just a fun thing to do. Okay. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So you, uh, do you keep in touch with the, uh, with the people that stayed at your place? Um, very casually. I mean, I not, like, via messenger or via – well, I actually did go out drinking with them one night. Um, but in general, like, no. Like, not really. I mean, I run into them around the village, and – you know, we chat, but I don't like hang out with them per se. Right. But I casually keep in touch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much for uh, for sharing your story with us. 
Yeah, thanks. I mean, just on that note, I assume that if I do more Airbnb listings and I start meeting people from around the world and I'm going traveling, I don't see why I wouldn't keep in touch with them, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the cool things about Airbnb. It's not, uh, other than making money with it, it's also kind of cool to meet a lot of people from all around the world, especially if you are going to travel. Uh, You know, you can, uh, it's always good to have some contacts in different places. And to be honest, like a lot of the people that have stayed at my place, they they tell me that if I were ever to to stay in their city, and this could be anywhere, you know, um, that I could stay with them for free, which is kind of funny because they, they pay for my place, but then they invite me to stay at their place for free. That's very interesting. So it's, huh. kind, of, it's kind of awesome. Well, maybe before my next trip, I'll make a point of lowering my rent on for my living room to like $20 a night just to get an influx of people so I can meet people from around the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So um, if, uh, if people want to know more about you, uh, Cynthia, do, do you have a website or do you have a place where people can go? Um, for sure. I have a photography website, actually. Um, the URL is cynthiarb.wix.com slash photography so that's c-y-n-t-h-i-a-r-b dot w-i-x dot com slash photography and yeah just uh, uh, check me out there or send me an email awesome well we'll, uh, we'll put that in the show notes as well as your Airbnb listing so people can go ahead and check that out if you ever go to Whistler in the weekend then uh I'm sure Cynthia's place is a great place to stay. And, well, uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And, of course, if you do want to know more about Airbnb hosting, you can go to Amazon and search for Airbnb. You'll find our book, Get Paid for Your Pad. But you can also get some free resources at getpaidforyourpad.com. You can get the first few chapters. You can get the audio book. And uh, you can also uh, see all the other awesome podcasts that we've had in the in the past. Where I think we're up to uh, episode 56 or so now. So a lot of cool stories. So check it out at getpaidforyourpad.com forward slash podcast. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Get paid for your pet. 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 Get paid for your pet.